Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Hope Rising Ministries podcast. My name is Alex, and with me today, again, as always, is Trey. Good morning, Trey. How are you? Hello, 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 everybody. I'm doing fine, Alex. How about yourself? I am doing great. Um, I am excited about today's episode and what we're going to get to dive into and um, really believing that it's going to be some benefit to other people, because I know at different times in my life, this has really helped me out. Um, the, the you know, just topic and everything that we're talking about today. And um, so I'm excited about that. So for 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 you who's listening, who's taking time to uh, to spend with us today. Um, I hope and pray that this will help you. Uh, maybe there are particular verses that we're going to talk about that's going to help you, to encourage you, uh, to give you some understanding that maybe you've been looking for. Um, and so if you, you know, um, are, are blessed by this, if you're encouraged by this, or even if you have other verses that we have not talked about yet, um, as we're kind of starting a series, um, so there'll be a, co- a few episodes talking on this about different verses, and we don't hit a verse that you have questions about, please, please, please reach out to us at info at hoperisingministries.cc. We'd love to um, talk to you about that and maybe even include an episode where we talk specifically about a verse that you have questions about. But I say all that, and now to give you what we're actually going to be talking about and why we're going to be talking about it. Um, so we're starting this sort of, uh, you know, couple, maybe few episode series where we're going to be talking about the, the dangers of taking scripture out of context. Um, today will mostly be an introduction into that and kind of what that is, why it's important to understand verses and keep them in context. But then we're going to really look at some specific verses that maybe either we've had questions about at some point in time, or maybe these are, are common ones that other people have brought up or, you know, had questions or concerns with. And so we really want to look at them, break them down and, and understand them. And so that's our, our goal through today's episode and, and through however many we go after this. Um, speaking on this particular subject. So I'm excited about it, Trey. And I know that you are, you've actually um, done a couple of events speaking on this particular topic of understanding scripture and keeping it in context. So why don't you kind of, kind of dive into, you know, to some of the idea behind that and and the reasons that it is important. Okay, great. Um, Let's, let's look at the word context itself. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Context. Context is actually like if you take a sentence out of somebody's thesis or somebody's paragraph that they've written, and you can make it say what you want it to say, but context is what's written before it and what's written after it, and how all that meshes together. Then you can find mm-hmm. out what that sentence really means. So when we're looking at scripture and we do that, most of the time, the root of it is that it tickles us. It tickles our ego. It gives. It, it becomes about me, when in mm. when in fact the word is about Jesus Christ. So, okay. if if we look at a verse, we can either a make it mean what we want it to mean, which kind of helps our way of thinking which may not line up with how God wants us to think or B, we can look at the context and see what the author's saying. And when we do that, we really start to understand what um, difficult uh, verses really mean. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's easy. It's easy when you're reading scripture and I think it's just kind of like a natural you know, thing, at least to me, it is when I'm reading something to almost, you know, put myself in, in the, the middle of it and to, to look at myself going through that particular situation, whatever, whatever it is I'm reading, not just scripture, but, you know, a book. And, and I think we imagine ourselves in that that sense. And so um, it is important, just like you said, that we don't um, always put ourselves or in 
inject ourselves into what scripture is talking about specifically because we may miss the context, the true context of what's happening in a particular passage. We may skew it. So it's important for us to, you know, to really understand not to just take a couple verses here and there, because don't get me wrong, like there are some really great one verse scripture that is encouraging and that can be used for, you know, for for different situations. But there are some that sound really great, but have been used in the wrong way because they've been taken out of the context of what's happening in that that passage. And so we can start to apply that to our own lives, to myself, like, oh, man, dude, this is this is really something that helps me right now. And then we miss really and truly what the what the the whole meaning of that particular verse is meant for. Right. Um, so it's it's something that I think it's easy for us to do, but it's something we should you know, we should really be careful of falling into that that trap. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, the Bible is hard to read. Mm-hmm. And and I'm, there's there's two there's two uh, reasons for that. One. Is that it's hard to understand a lot of times Two, it's not about me but it shows who I am. And that's hard. That's hard to take. And that's why a lot of people don't read the Bible because it is, it shows that I'm a proud person, that, that I am not humble, that I need the Lord, that I need help. I need salvation. I am dead. And that is really not very uplifting when it is all about you. It actually cuts that in half. And make mm-hmm. you go, oh my gosh, you know. And that's one of the reasons that we take verses and make it about us. Because if we do that, then the message of you need help disappears. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, and, we, and, and the way the, our be humble, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble, right? So mm-hmm. the, an humble mm-hmm. attitude even in your mornings, morning devotions, Alex, if, if you go in, what can I get out of this today? I mean, I get that, but remember, it's not about you. How can I see mm-hmm. Jesus in this? And how can, mm-hmm. how can I walk in the fruit of the Holy spirit today? When God reminds me of something I read this morning and glorify him, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I'm not saying that God won't help you pay off this loan. And that's why you're reading this scripture. I'm saying that don't let that be the reason you're reading the scripture. Um, find the Lord in the scripture and things will work out in your life, uh, whether good or bad. As long as he's glorified, that's the point. You know, that's, that's true. Um, and, and that's, man, that's uh, sometimes it, that's a hard, hard bite to swallow. Um to accept that, that, oh man, uh, you mean that God didn't write this particular verse? Like he didn't, you know, it orchestrate all of this so that I could pay off these loans so that, that, you know, you mean to tell me this isn't exactly what God wanted me to hear right now, which it may be, but you mean to tell me that that's not what was actually happening here? Like the context of this verse isn't, you know, my life wait a minute, hold on, you know, and that's, that's kind of hard for us to accept because a lot of times in, in churches, especially today, I mean, that's what you hear that, oh, the, the Bible is, is for you, not just, not just in the sense to, hey, this is, you know, this is to help you, but almost that it is to you, you, yeah. you know, yeah. written directly to I you. I think what you're trying to say is simply this, that, we don't use the Bible for our own means to get what we want, to justify how we're thinking, to justify what we want mm-hmm. to do. Um, we can't turn the Bible around to make our life okay. Right. There when you it's, go. When it's really you not go. okay mm-hmm. to do that. So that's <clears throat> what we're going to talk about today. Um, the, the, you know, yeah. taking, yep. taking the Bible, 
take or taking verses out of context basically um, is making it about you. So you're you're reading yourself yeah. into the scripture when you do that, taking the Bible, taking yeah. a verse in context and looking uh, why it was written, who it was written to. That bring that's instead of you reading yourself into scripture, you're reading Christ out of scripture. Mm, that's that's good. That's good. And that is definitely a danger because you absolutely don't want that because that is where people, you know, they 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 fall into these traps and they make the mistakes and they get misled because of that happening. The intentions may be great. They may be very kind and, you know, and, and given with compassion when somebody speaks on a particular passage or a verse. But if it's out of context it totally can miss the mark of revealing Jesus to someone in the way that it was actually intended to. Um, and one of the, one of the things that I've heard you say, and, and I, I think it's awesome. It are, are the three rules to, um, you know, understanding scripture and w- when you're reading the Bible and the three rules are context, context, context. Yep. And I, I remember when you when you said that and I was like, oh, all right. So context is pretty important. I, all right. I get that. And so that's what I want to talk about today is is to actually look at, you know, how do you keep a verse or a, you know, a couple of verses in context when you are reading? Like I want us to talk about some ways that, you know, we we can sort of hold ourselves accountable or keep ourselves in check to actually do that and keep things scripture versus, you know, in context. Um, so. Hey, let me give you, let me give you an example. Uh, like a, yeah. a real life example that happened to me like in the mm. 80s. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to the right. service and the service is by this guy who is preaching on the, the evils of rock and roll. Okay. And, and, you know, it was mm-hmm. a big, it was a big thing back then and people were burning their albums. And, uh, I mean, I, I get it. I get where they're coming from. Um, but the, he made this statement. He was, he was, uh, giving lines out of songs from different, uh, artists and, 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 and albums. And one of them, he said, yep. <clears throat> excuse me, one of them, he said, and then the Rolling Stone song, uh, it says that. I was there when Jesus Christ was crucified and I made sure. And everybody was like, Oh my gosh, it says that. Well, I know I knew what it said. So afterwards I went up to him and I real, real nice. And basically what I was telling him is you took that out of context. If you're going to do it, do it right. And he didn't like that too much, but here's the context of what that is. I was there when Jesus Christ was crucified and made sure that Pilate washed his hands to seal his fate. So, I mean, that, that totally uh-huh. changes what he was actually making us think about that song. So, so right. I mean, yeah. I know that's yeah. a secular uh, analogy or, or example, but that's, that's, that's. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's, that's a perfect example of what people will do to manipulate other people into believing and thinking what they want them to believe or think by taking scripture out of context. And, and to, to but, be fair, a lot of these people, a lot of these pastors or evangelists or whatever, or, or Sunday school teachers even, yes, they mm-hmm. have to be careful. Yes. Uh, um, but I believe that they really believe what they're saying is true. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, that's another problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so yep. if you're humble, yep. if, you, if you say, Lord, help me be humble today. And somebody comes up to you and says, look, man, you've been taking this out of context for a long time. And I got to talk to you about this. And then you go, wow, man, I, you know, I need to think about that. And what that means is you need to go to the Lord and pray about it and say, hey, Lord, show me, show me where I'm wrong here. And do you know how hard it was? It still is for me over the past. I would say 10 years to Mm -hmm. learn those lessons, to unlearn. Some solid, yeah. solid teaching, quote unquote, mm. unquote, solid teaching that I have had in the in the course of my uh, learning about what the Bible says. And I have really I'm, I'm like, it's a shock sometimes to 
you know, one of my prayers, Alex, is this. Lord, help me to learn the things that I do not know are true. And help me to unlearn the things that aren't true that I really think are. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's something that <clears throat> when you, you know, I, I mean, when you listen today to to pastors you know i mean and it's not just today but obviously today is the day that we're in so when you listen to pastors and and you hear some of these messages and these sermons you can catch that a lot of times of where it's like oh you know yeah that sounds great to the people who are listening like yes the way that you are using this verse sounds really awesome and it sounds very encouraging and inspiring but then when you really and truly look at what's happening in that verse or in that passage in context it's like well that doesn't seem to really fit the narrative that you were going for in that message and then you start to kind of see and understand you know that that happens a lot more often than you may like. Um, and it's really easy for, for a young believer. And I don't mean young in age. I mean, young in, you know, um, um, Christian maturity for them to, you know, bite on those things where they are somewhat misleading and out of context. And then just like you said, they believe that for years and years and years to be truth. And then maybe one day they come to find out and see, and here's where, here's where a big danger of, you know, something being taken out of context is, is they believe for years and years and years that that is truth. And then all of a sudden one day someone else in humility and kindness preach that that was not truth, that that was not the intended meaning of that verse or of that passage. And then they begin to question, well, oh man, like if I believe that and that wasn't true, then what else am I believing that's, you know, not true? And so then they they begin to struggle and wrestle with, well, what's true, what's not? How do I know that, you know, this person's right and versus this person? And then maybe even, you know, they they end up questioning their faith more so than you know, just questioning only simply that verse that was taken out of context. So there's a huge danger in doing that and, you know, potentially misleading the people who are listening. That's true. That's true. Um, I want to I want to give some encouragement and some words of advice to our listeners. Um, this is something I had to learn the hard way. Um, you know, in today's church going excuse me, in today's church going um, world, I don't see a lot of Bibles. Uh, I do know that Bibles are on phones and I use my Bible on my Mm -hmm. phone all the time. If I don't have the hard copy, Um, I encourage everyone to listen with your Bible. Listen Mm -hmm. with your Bible. Um, Don't, don't just sit there. And listen and take every word as gospel. Look, you may have a great pastor. And he may be spot on all the time. Well, great. Still do it. If you have a pastor that's like that, he will encourage you to um, listen with an open Bible. And look at the context of what he's talking about. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, you, if you cannot add ask questions where you are attending services, there may be a problem. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's one thing too, is, you know, if you are not encouraged, if, if your pastor does not respect, you know, if someone does ask questions, or does not appreciate the fact that someone may say, hey, what exactly were you trying to say here? That, you know, this is what I've gotten out of it, you know, and, and it doesn't go directly one-to-one with what you were preaching. And they can't, in humility and in grace, have that conversation. There is something wrong. I, I agree there. Like, that is a, a 
this sort of red flag of wait a minute, okay, does the does the pastor one does he you know just not receive you know feedback well, um, it, you know is it a pride thing, or does he or she know that you know hey this has been taken out of context and I don't want people to question or challenge me about it, um, so that you know that's absolutely true that would be a cause of concern. Well, and Trey, you said. One more thing. Uh, what I'm not saying is that you church hop because of that. Um, you know, oh, you know yeah, if, yeah. You, if that's a problem and you mm-hmm. see that red flag, then, hey, put the red flag up in the air with prayer. And, hey, Lord, how do I mm-hmm. what, what, what do I do here? You know, uh, can you show me somebody else in the church that I can talk to about this? And um, and maybe, you know, God's going to work that out. Um, I'm really. Uh, I, you know, you don't see a lot of church hopping in scripture. So, um, you know, God's got you there for a reason. And, uh, you know, if they're, yeah. if they're blatantly teaching false, false teaching, then yeah, you know, I, I can, I can see where you might want to find a church that's solid and, 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 and leave, but, you know, let trust in the Lord to work things out. Um, don't be part of the problem. Uh, be part of the solution. Uh-huh. You know. That's very good. And and on the, the flip side of that, if you're the individual that is approaching the pastor, do so with grace and humility. Don't come to, you know, don't come attacking the, the pastor, you know, telling them, oh, this is this is, you know, completely false. This is untrue. This is, you know, taken out of kind. Don't come in that manner, but come with grace and humility. You know, I think you, what you said, um, how you said it earlier was, hey. Can you tell me exactly what you meant by this right here? Because I, I took a few mm-hmm. notes and I and I underlined it so I could remember to ask you, and that's just a great way to right. approach it. To be honest, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it, you know, when we were kind of talking about the idea for for this, you know, episode and and this, you know, potential series, you had sent an email. And in it, you had, you know, there were three um, sort of topics or three three ways to you know, make sure to keep verses and to keep scripture in context. I just want to kind of get those before we really like look at a particular verse so that people will have these ideas and these sort of tools of how to keep uh, scripture and verses in context. And the first one is to look at surrounding verses, to look at the surrounding verses, not just the single verse, not just the, the two or three verses, but to actually look at the verses, just like you said at the beginning of the, the episode, you know, uh, before and after what you, you know, these the, the scripture that you have, that maybe you're you're questioning or maybe you're, you know, wondering about or um, focusing on. But also look at, at what's going on before and after okay, that. So that's a, that's um, a good point. Um, this is this is real, real important. Um, when I'm looking at. A verse. Uh, a lot of times I'm trying to find out how to make it read like I want it to read. Okay. That's, and that's, that's just human nature for one. That's what I'm wanting to do now. Yeah. Instead of going to other books and, and different, the old Testament or, or in revelation or back in Psalms and then back in John and trying to cherry pick verses that help you, Ver, uh, validate how you're trying to read this verse instead of doing that, and which I don't think is a real bad idea. But before you even start that, read the whole chapter or or read the whole passage. Mm, yeah, and read it twice, and you'll you'll start to see um, where to go after that. That's that's very good. That is very good. Um, <clears throat> the second. So as you're, you know, trying to get that context of what's happening right there in that immediate area, in the immediate passage and or chapter. Um, so, you know, look at the surrounding verses of what you're what you're looking or focusing on. And then the second is to look at the who, you know, to, to understand who was writing, you know, who, who this is that's writing, who they are writing to in that yep. moment, you know, because. Take, for example, the letters that Paul wrote. Yes, we can look at them as though he was writing to us for us today. We do get 
encouragement, wisdom, knowledge. We do get things from this. We can learn. Um, but when he was writing that in that moment, he was not writing it to us with us in mind per se, but he was writing that directly to the different churches. Um, so it's important to look at the yeah, food there's a, as well. a lot of problems in today's world that weren't problems in Paul's world. Um, you know, and the problems mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he noted uh, are still here today. But, you know, evil has has manufactured itself in many ways since Paul. Um, so, you know, Absolutely. all of the problems that Paul mentions doesn't mean that that's the only ones and that we should focus only on that. Um, so the context of that is he's talking about evil and he's talking about darkness and light. So yeah. what 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 does that look like in today's world? When Paul wrote to the church in Rome, he was writing to the Christians who were born again that lived in Rome. Now, that's not written to us, yep. but it's written for us to read and glean and glean from that. There you, you go. Know, when um, when when the author of Hebrews wrote to the to the Jews. Um, that letter is not to, uh, or Alex, that letter is to the Jews at that time, but it's for me to Mm -hmm. see Jesus in it. And how does that affect my life? And how does that, how can I glorify God with what I've read in in Hebrews? Man, that is, uh, that is so good. And, And if, if you're listening, if there's anything you take away from today, other than the fact that Jesus is Lord, he loves you and he died on the cross for you and he rose in victory uh, to give you life. Take away the fact of what Trey just said that, you know, scripture is not written to you, but it is written for you. That will help us as we are reading, as we are learning, as we are growing to understand um, passage. And so, so that's the first two. So the third one is to look at the larger narrative. So, you know, not just, so let's say you've got two verses and that's the focus. And then, so you look at what happens right before and right after in that particular passage. Well, then, you know, expand that out to the chapter and then expand that out even to maybe the book that that verse is contained within. And then expand that out even into other, you know, areas, other books that surround that particular book where this verse that you're focused is on that you understand the larger narrative, the grander scheme, because that in itself is when you start to see, you start to, um, your eyes become open to God moving from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And you can start to see how this is one cohesive plan. This is one cohesive story. This is one cohesive word that God is teaching, that God is telling, that God is revealing to us through scripture um, when you take it and look at the larger narrative, the higher perspective. Yeah, you said of right it. When, when you're talking about the, the big picture. Um, when you're reading scripture, when you're doing your devotion, when you're uh, trying to, to, to seek God in, in, in an issue in your life, when you're just trying to get some 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 I guess a lot of people call it the big picture. So, hang on, say say that again. Trying to get some what? If sorry, you're, if you're out just trying to second. get a word from God, right? Like, what do I do? Uh, yep. What do I do? Yep. What do I what mm-hmm. do I need to know? How do I help this person? Uh, whatever, right? So, any any for any yep. reason that you're going to the Word, the big picture, if it's in your mind already, you've got a great start. And the big of the golden thread letter of the Bible and ends at the last letter of the Bible. And that golden thread is God's redemption plan for salvation. Okay? And that is yep. Jesus Christ. So how can I see That's Jesus it. in what I'm reading? Let me give you an example. Okay. Yep. And I apologize for just a little bit. Let me give you an example. One of my favorite stories is that <laughs> good. life, right? I love David Goliath. It's a great story. Uh-huh. It's like we win. You know what I mean? Like he kicked it. He got it. And uh, he wasn't supposed to. Right. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a little shepherd boy who has just got out of the field. He stinks. Uh, he's just, he's running errands for his dad. Next thing you know, he slays 
the enemy mm -hmm. that's been standing up and saying, your God doesn't even exist. Y'all are, yeah. are, are nothing. And you can't beat us. And we're going to beat you. Right? Now, mm -hmm. what I've heard a lot, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying this is a bad analogy or a bad question to ask out of this story. But what I've heard a lot is, okay, I want you to stop. And I want you to think about the Goliaths in your life. And I want you to, to ask God how you mm -hmm. can slay them, right? Okay, I, I get that. I understand how you can get that out of that story. However, yeah. what needs to be prefaced before you even say that is the fact of what this story is really about. David is a type of Christ. And Goliath mm -hmm. is represents death the ultimate enemy sin and death and jesus <clears throat> slew sin and death man by 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 dying yeah, sin death and then rising from the grave and that story is about jesus and how god is going to redeem his people and if if you start if you start with hey uh what what about look, look at your life and see where your problems are what goliaths are in your life now the story is about you do you understand that, Alex? Okay. Oh, so, absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 yeah, and I mean, and that is that that is a very, very relevant example of what you hear often in Scripture and how that particular passage and Scripture is actually portrayed. Is that, hey, you too can defeat the giants well, and the Goliaths in your life. The ultimate Goliath is death. And if you, he said, mm -hmm. yep. if you believe in me, even though you die, you will never die. You will live forever. So it's it's already been done. Absolutely. So the, sometimes the Goliaths yep. in your life are there because God is there for a reason. And and mm -hmm. it, how how is God going to be glorified through those issues in your life? That's that's the question. Yep. No, that's that's absolutely true. And, you know, and, and that's where the whole thing is. And, and I really think what we want people to understand is it's not that, you know, that's not a good analogy of, hey, you can do these great things in your life that the, the world and the enemy tells you that you can't. Yes, you can defeat giants. But the, the biggest part of the picture is it doesn't matter what giants you defeat in your own life. If you don't understand and first see that Jesus defeats the greatest giant, that Jesus is the, the, our victor, and we only have victory through him. And, and that's the biggest thing. Like you, you have to see that first in order for the rest of it to even really yep. and truly matter yep, in the long run. Um, and so, you know, that that being a great example, one of the other ones that, you know, I would like for us to look at and to, to just kind of break down and to understand a little bit is one that, you know, some people may have have some some questions about, because on the surface level, if you don't really dive into scripture, you don't really know scripture or understand it, you know, to a certain extent, maybe you hadn't been reading, you know, the Bible very long, you may at first glance, look at this verse and think, oh, wait, hold up. This this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound like what I've been taught or what I've been told. Or actually, it may be, oh, this is what I've been taught. And you are, again, reading it out of context and not really getting the, the big picture and the whole picture to what this verse means. And the one that I'm talking about is James 2.24. And I'm just going to I'm going to read that verse and then we can just kind of talk about it, you know, uh, as to to what it means, to what James is actually writing here. Um, maybe why people may have questions, why people may think, hey, maybe this contradicts other verses. And then what is truly happening here and taking place? So James 224 says this right here. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So if you're familiar with scripture, 
or you've been in church for, you know, almost any amount of time, you probably already may have questions about that because it sounds like that contradicts other verses, in particular, some things that Paul wrote. And that's what I want us to look at, because that's where I don't want people to be thrown off and to be misguided and mis, you know, misled when it comes to that verse. So where people struggle is they 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 read that and I'm going to read it again. It says, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. That one verse makes it sound like, oh, you know what? I'm I'm justified. I'm I'm righteous because of what I do, what I have done, not just by my faith, which is contradictory to what other verses say, what, you know, what we preach, you are saved by faith in Christ. And so it sounds like, again, when you take that single verse, wait a minute, doesn't Paul say the almost exact opposite thing? Like, doesn't he tell us that it is by faith we are saved alone, just through our faith in Christ? Because as a matter of fact, Romans 3.28 says, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. And so, you know, these two sound like they are complete opposites. But yet this is the this is the, the catch. Yet they are really and truly one in the same. And they actually apply and, and go hand in hand with each other. Yep. Um, you know, he also Paul also talks about this or writes about this in his letters to the, the church in Ephesus and Galatia. And um, he says, let me, let me read you out of Galatians three, you foolish Galatians who has bewitched you before your very eyes. Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by observing the law? In other words, were you born again by what you did? Right. So uh, can, can mm-hmm. you attain your goal by human effort? That's what he says. So then you look at you look at James and James yep. says, uh, hey, it, it's not just by faith. It's by your works, too, that you're justified. And you go, what is going on here? And uh, you know what? If, if you're looking at that verse. And, and it gives you pause. Well, OK, let's look at the context. Right. All right. Yeah, let's so let's pick up here. So I'll read James two, starting at verse 14 down to 24 to get the context of what's happening here. So. In verse 14, it says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deed? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them. Go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good, even that, and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? What are, Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Yeah, I love that passage. Um, So what's the big picture, right? The big picture says it's not about me. It's about Christ Jesus, okay? If my works could save me, there was no reason for God to come here as a man, to live a sinless life, 
die on the cross, be buried, and be raised again, and ascended to the right hand of the Father. There's no reason for that. If anything that I can do can get me in. Okay? Yep. So basically what Paul's talking about is that uh, you, you can't do anything to be considered righteous in God's eyes. Absolutely. But yep. what James is saying, when you are born again, deeds follow. And it proves that you were born again. Now, what, are, what are the deeds? Well, yeah. it's, it's we talked about it in previous uh, podcasts. Uh, Ephesians mm-hmm. 2.10. God has prepared for you good works. Even before time began, he has these good works mapped out for you to do. And if it's all mm-hmm. about you, you don't know what they are. If it's all about yep. him, you see it every day. So yep. that's the goal of a Christian is to become less and let him become great. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. And one thing about reading, again, the context and seeing what's around that verse is the fact that James even, you know, mentions like, what good is it if you tell me you have faith? But yet when I see your life, it looks like you have absolutely no idea who God and Jesus Christ are. Wow. Like you have no relevance to who they are and your life does not reflect that you know them at all because it's not just about us saying hey i have faith but it is a it's about us living out that faith and people getting to see that in us that comes to the point of what we've mentioned before about you know each and every one of us are called to preach the gospel And that's not just by words and verbally saying things, but it is by how we live our life. And I think that is one of the biggest things that you start to see that picture being played out here of what James is really talking about and what he's actually saying. When you look at that from verse 14 all the way through 24, you start to see that idea of, hey, look, you know, your your works. Those are great things because they show you what your faith truly is. Right. And, and it allows other people to see that. I, I agree. And, and um, if, if you've struggled with that uh, passage or that verse, uh, you're not alone. It's, it's quite mm-hmm. all right. Um, just keep in mind what the two authors are trying to say. And, yep. and they're both right. Um. James is not saying, and it's proven by the context of his letter. James is not mm-hmm. saying that what you do justifies you. Absolutely. He's saying what you do shows that you are justified by Christ. Come on. Okay. Come on. So let's hit one more and uh, then we'll, we'll try to wrap this up. But uh, this is one of my favorite verses. As a matter of fact, it's my mom's favorite verse. She's got it like on her wrist. She's got it on her locket. She's got it on her wall. She's, it's her mantra. She says it all the time. But mm-hmm. um, for a long time, I took this out of context. And I know it's very easy to take out of context. Okay. So here's mm-hmm. what we're here. I'm, over, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. It's Philippians 4.13. Here's what it says. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Okay. I love that. I mean, that is a very, very, very good uh, uh, verse to grab a hold to in times of trouble and need. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Um, so I, I want to read the context of this first, but first I want to okay give you a couple examples of how people may take this out of context. Okay. Um, you got two Christians on a football high school football team and they're about to play a game and they need this game, man. And one of them's really worried. And the other one goes, Hey man, we got this. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And then other guy goes, yeah, you know, we can win this. And then they lose. Well, oh boy, oh boy, what just happened? Yeah, you, you understand? You understand what I mean? Um, you know, I don't know how, Absolutely. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. Well, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Well, maybe you mismanaged your money and that's why you didn't, can't pay the bill. That verse doesn't have anything to do with that. Okay. So what does it have to do with you ready? All right, let's read. Verses 10 through 13. This is Paul talking, uh, writing to the church in Philippi. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. 
In other words, they sent him some jingle jangle. They helped him out, right? Mm-hmm. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you have had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance. I love that. I know what it, what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And may I interject, whether winning this game or not winning this game, whether yep. being broke or being, or, or being content with your bank account. Why? Mm-hmm. How is this possible? I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Now, the Greek really reads, I can do all these things who gives me strength. So what does it mean that you can do everything through him who gives you strength? Well, you can face everything that life throws at you. Yep. Regardless of the outcome, Alex, you don't use mm-hmm. the verse to, to manipulate the outcome with a wish and a, and a hope that, that everything's going to be fine. Maybe it's not going to be fine. Some things don't work out, Alex. Some things do. Um, But whatever the circumstance and whatever the, the conclusion of it or the result of it, you can make it because Christ is your strength. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's a, a great example. Another great example of When you see the verse in the context of what it is intended to actually mean, the the true and the original intent and meaning of that verse allows you, like you said, to get through anything because Christ is your strength. He is your foundation. He is the one that upholds you. When you look at it in the wrong way, like the football example, you can all of a sudden that becomes shaky because you're like, I thought I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but we just lost that football game. So you mean to tell me that Christ isn't strengthening me to be able to overcome and to do this thing? And so that in itself is another example. That's where if you take verses and scripture out of context, it can really distort your view on God, on Jesus, on scripture, and just on life in general and what you were called to do. Yeah, you're right. Um, um, you know, the, the, the Christian friend who quoted that verse in that story, right? Um, look, mm-hmm. man, at least he's quoting scripture. Okay. I, I kudos for <laughs> yeah. that. Um, yeah. However, I encourage people when they're approached by a believer in, in situations like that, uh, encourage them with this. How can we glorify God if we win? How can we glorify God if we lose? And regardless of the outcome, the way we can do that is because we can do it because Christ is our strength. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and and hopefully that's the way that we look at our life day in, day out. What can I do in every circumstance and through every situation to glorify God? And so if you've been listening to us today and you're, you're, you know, right there. Maybe these two verses in particular that we've talked about, maybe even the whole David and Goliath passage, or maybe there's another, um, you know, a passage of scripture, a couple of verses or a single verse that you've kind of wrestled with, or maybe you felt like was taken out of context or that you're not sure of the full context. And, you know, you want to talk about those or you would like for us to talk more about those um, in a future episode of, at some point, please reach out to us. We would love to even if you just want to have a, you know, kind of like a one-on-one conversation, um, reach out to us, email us at info at hoperisingministries.cc and just let us know what verse, you know, it is that you want to talk about or you'd like for us to talk about. And, you know, we'd love to have that conversation with you to help you. Um, you know, maybe it's something that one of us is, you know, we might be in that same boat. Yeah, we, we wrestle with this one or or at some point in time we have. And so we'd love to be able to share that with you um, and talk with you about that and help in any way that we can. Um, but in in all of this, like I said before, one of the things I want you 
to be able to take out of this, out of this episode and every episode that we ever have is that Jesus loves you. Jesus came and lived the perfect life for you, that he died on the cross so that you could have life. And he rose in victory that in faith in him, his perfect life and his resurrection, that you too can have life. And if that means something to you, if you have questions about that, or if you want to know more about that and understand the meaning behind that and what we believe as Christians, please, please reach out to us. We would love to talk to you about that as well. You can email us at uh, info at hoperisingministries.cc again, or you can reach out to us on our Facebook page as well, Hope Rising Ministry SC. Um, and we would love to have a conversation and talk with you about that as well. But as always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Thank you for hanging out with us. We absolutely enjoy and are, are thankful that we get to do this. We love to hear feedback, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, whether it's something that we did well or something that we need to improve on. Like we want to hear that feedback because we do want to get better or, each and every episode. We want this to be a blessing to you. Yeah. Even if you disagree wholeheartedly with anything we say, I'd love to, I'd love to hear about it and let's have a conversation. Right. Because, Speaking in humility, who's to say that we are absolutely right? What if we make a mistake? What if we say something wrong? We're human. It happens. So we would love to love to Alex, hear it. Uh, my wife would definitely tell you that I am not always mm-hmm. right. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm right yeah, there man. with you. I got you. Well, look, I enjoyed it, man. I but, really did. I'm looking forward yeah, to the next time. That's what I was going to say. Thank you so much for hanging out, Trey. I, I appreciate it. And thank you for spending time with us and we can't wait to see you again or rather maybe not see you again but for you to hear us again and for us to have this time next week peace out peace out